SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase. Then today, Thursday, um, Mizzou uh, picked up a commitment from a walk-on, Parker Braun, out of Blue Valley Northwest, who will go on scholarship after one year. Um, so a lot happening, and, and now we know the basketball roster, so why not uh, get together and, and talk about it? Why not? Yeah, okay. <laughs> what else have you been up to recently? You've been uh, uh, not hanging much. out. Yeah, not much. Things are winding down here. I've been watching Veep on HBO okay. with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. It's okay. <laughs> um, doing a lot of reading. You're and a Westworld fan? Everyone's telling me to get into it. You know, my best friend since the first grade, Evan, uh, is, like, obsessed with it. But he told me that he has to, like, it's, there's so much going on that, like, he has to watch, like, a YouTube video. Yeah, or, like, a recap podcast. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah. So and each episode is, like, a movie. They're all, like, an hour. So yeah. it's a lot, but it's a really good show. So that's a... Uh, if you only listen to the first minute and a half of this podcast, what you should take away is that you should watch Westworld. Uh, but anyway, let's let's jump into the, the 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 everything here. I mean, what uh, what'd you make of Jonte coming back? Yeah, you know, if you asked me about this a month ago, I would have thought he was gone. Yeah. And even if you asked me at the combine when Michael Porter Senior told you that his stock we, was good, that's why he's not scrimmaging. Yeah. yeah it's like, to I, me, that was like okay, let's like. We just need to not mess anything up before he dec- like stays in this. Yeah. So a couple weeks ago, I would have been, I wouldn't have believed you, but you know, it seems like after the combine, especially, it's funny because you know he didn't partake in the five on five because of his stock. But to me, I had thought that if he were to have played in the five on five, you know, he had the highest body fat, his you know shuttle drill or whatever yeah, it was, the shuttle drill, yeah. Right. Which I feel like people don't care as much about as they do in the NFL, mm-hmm. but still matters. Or maybe it's just that the NBA combine is not quite the spectacle the NFL combine is. Uh, yeah, but but I think maybe playing in the five on five would have like made executives forget about some of those numbers, right? Because he's much better with teammates. Exactly. Yeah. So. That's what kind of surprised me about their actions at the Combine was that it seems like they kind of mishandled the situation and maybe if he played in the 5-on-5, he could have stayed in the draft potentially, could have gotten a guarantee, but then, you know, the last couple weeks, it seems like the wind started to shift toward him coming back. You know, we started to hear a lot of that, Uh, other people did too, and then he had that workout with the Hawks that we thought would be a big thing on Tuesday. That didn't happen. Yeah. When he when he didn't do that, I was kind of like, okay, he's not coming back. And also he was posting his Instagram from... Uh, uh, Colorado. The, yeah, right? from Colorado for like the ultimate athlete training camp. Yeah, so like, fellowship Christian yeah, athletes. Yeah, it's, like it's like a Christian something. athletic retreat basically from a zoo athlete and athletes from other schools. So yeah, when he was like... Hanging in Colorado and not training, I kind of thought maybe something was something was changing here. But I did think when all the, the reports were coming out from these NBA reporters that he was leaning backwards, or leaning back towards coming back to school, part of it was like, you know, it was all coming out at once from multiple people. It's like, normally when that stuff happens, it's a purposeful leak, right? Like, someone has to be pushing this, this info. So I thought, okay, well, then maybe this is just to try to get a team to promise him that he's going to st- get a pick to the first round or, or whatever else. But clearly, um, clearly not. So he's going to come back, and I don't... Real quick before we get yeah. to you know, 
yesterday, Jeff Goodman even tweeted, I don't think John yeah, Porter yeah. comes back, and that gave me pause for thought, yeah. just because he's gotten some Porter news right. before. But then he backtracked, like, two yeah. seconds later. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, so, I the I think if we learned anything in the past year of Mizzou Athletics that's now winding down is that nothing is official with the Porters until, until it's so official. Until you have a press release. Yeah, yeah, until you have a press release or until Michael Porter Jr. is in uniform. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I, like, I get it on both hands, like, the whole, oh, he'd be the 45th pick and not get a guaranteed contract, that is becoming less and less of a thing. Second-round picks do get guaranteed contracts. For me, it was, it seemed like, and obviously I'm not the one making this financial decision, but it seemed like it would matter less about how much money he could get or if money would be guaranteed more, just like, is he mature enough to do it? I think he's a very smart kid, but he does, I don't know how to describe it other than that when you talk to him, it feels like you're talking to a kid, right? Like, there's sort of like this innocence to him that you pick up on. And I don't know how he would have handled being in the NBA around like adults. And I really don't know how he would have handled if he had been a late round pick or late first round pick or early second round pick getting sent to the G League and taking buses with all these guys to like Middle of Sioux Falls or Portland, Maine or whatever. Portland, Maine, nice place though. Um, but yeah, like. Crap. Yeah, uh, I found it actually. I think Des Moines has a G League team. So yes, uh, Iowa, Iowa Wolves. Energy. No Wolves now. That's yeah. right. They used but, to be the energy. But anyway, there's there's some decent talents in the G League, and now we'll get back on track. <laughs> but like, um, but yeah, no. So like, I just the G League is full of a lot of guys who like this is their last chance because they screwed around and they got arrested or whatever. I mean, it's like I just don't know if he would have fit in in that environment. So to me, it makes sense if he doesn't feel like he's mature enough, or his parents don't feel like he's mature enough. Um, to come to come back, so that's that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, you know the other thing with the G League though now is as the G League's kind of become more developed as a minor league system. I think the G League is also full of guys that you look at and you remember them in college, yeah. but they haven't really done anything with the NBA, and yeah. they're the guys that declared but went undrafted or like right, late second right. round picks. And I think Jonte's too good to kind of fall into that category. Right. And with him coming back now, I mean he was playing at this time last year. He wasn't even a Missouri Tiger. Right. He was playing AAU. A full summer with Nicodemus Christopher should do him wonders. Right. I mean, Jeremiah Tillman gained should, like 15 yeah. pounds of muscle last summer. Should trim down that body fat. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that should be big for him. And I really think just him, as you kind of said, you know, when you talk, I think first off, Jonte's a very, as you said, smart kid. I yeah. mean, when he's kind of, when we've interviewed him after games, like there's stuff that I wouldn't have picked up on in the game that like yeah. then he'll bring it up. Yeah. And like when, at Vanderbilt last year, when he torched them and like flirted with a triple double, and he said, you know, watch a big guy guard me. When I'm taking the three, like, he doesn't really know what to do. Yeah. And, you know, the next couple of games, I watched the big guys when he was shooting threes, and they, they just, yeah. they don't know what to do. So, like, he's very observant. You know, he, you can tell he has a high IQ. But, yeah, I just he's, he still talks and sounds like a kid. And I think this is kind of, I don't want to get too off track, but the whole thing with reclassifying and, and the one-and-done rule and everything is that, you know, some of these kids that would go earlier into college in the NBA, they maybe have the athleticism and the game to kind of justify it, but... Do they have the the mental capacity? Right, right. Yeah, and and so I mean, who knows? Maybe it was the a porter determination. Maybe it was uh, that they weren't getting the feedback that they wanted uh, in terms of that he would get. He was certain to be picked as high as he wanted. Who knows? But uh, maybe we'll find out more about that when we meet with Conzo and potentially players next week. Um, but regardless, I mean, huge huge for Mizzou because this was a team that without him. I mean, like, who do you know is going to score 
Jeremiah Timmel yeah. is not getting fouled. Yeah, Jeremiah Timmel when he's not putting when he's not fouled out. Um, Kevin, Kevin Perrier, who like has proven to score if he needs to, but I mean if if you're relying on him to give you a lot of buckets, your team's probably not gonna be great. And then Torrance Watson, who you hope, but I mean who knows like how he's gonna do when he can't get to the rim every time. Same uh, with KJ Sanders. Yeah, so yeah. like there, there were a lot of un- basically very little proven scoring ability, proven reliable scoring ability on. Mizzou team, and you could argue. I mean, Jonte is not super reliable. He was pretty up and down uh, as a freshman, but came on strong at the end. Um, but I mean, still, probably it, this, he's going to be the best player on this team. He'll, he'll be his team. I mean, the great thing about his passing ability is, I mean, you can run an offense through him, and he can stretch the floor. All things that uh, Conzo Martin wants, and and it, his passing is huge and hugely important for a team that is going to have two point guards and Jordan Geis and Xavier Pinson. Pinson is a Freshman who told us that he weighs 158 pounds right now, so I don't I don't know how much you can rely on him. So I think that again, like John Jay's like huge, him coming back is huge, and now they probably can contend for an NCAA tournament berth. I don't know if they would have before. I agree on all that, and I think you look at him first off because of his skill set. He makes everyone on the floor better, and he takes the load off of everyone too. You know, Torrance Watson. It's inevitable those guys, Pinson and Watson, and, and Javon Pickett. Javon Pickett and KJ Santos are both kind of in this weird gray area coming in where they're a year removed from playing basketball, essentially. they Pickett doesn't have an injury history, but Santos does, and you really don't know what you're going to get out of them. And it's inevitable all those guys hit a wall of some sort at some point during the season, and I think Jonathan kind of alleviates some of that. Yeah. And if Jeremiah Tillman can take a big step, I think Tillman is now the X factor on this team. If he can play 25 minutes a game every night and stay out of foul trouble and give you a double-double... Like, this team is definitely an NCAA tournament team. Yeah. And I really liked those lineups when Jonte and Tillman shared the floor. And it didn't happen all the time last year. Um, and sometimes not really much at all. But I think you'll see a lot of it this year. And, I mean, if, if you're a guard going into the, going to the basket, that's not a fun place to be. I mean, you have two guys who are, you know, close to seven feet tall down there. Um, it's funny you say that because I was talking to – I covered the Alabama game this year. You were back here for other stuff. Jeremiah Tillman was telling us after that game that he really likes playing on the floor when Jonte Porter is because he said, you know, I'm still learning the college game at this point, and when Jonte's on the floor and I know the ball's coming to me, I can plan what I'm going to do, and I don't always have that luxury. So this really benefits Tillman having the two of them play a lot more together because Tillman said before that Jonte gives him time to think that he normally wouldn't have. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest questions, or the the thing that's most intriguing to me is he has the potential now to be a top 10 pick or lottery pick, depending on how things go. But it's, from my perspective, it's really obvious kind of the stuff that teams are going to want to see if he improves on, right? I mean, you wonder how he handles, like, playing close to the baskets. And obviously he was kind of hesitant to... To really use his size, uh, maybe he needs to get a bit stronger, which he could do this summer, obviously, like you mentioned earlier, where you can have a full year of workouts. But uh, playing close to the basket is a big thing for me, and then uh, it seems like when he would go up against when he would go up against stronger competition, uh, the a- game of A&M against Tyler Davis stands out, he would kind of just disengage. Um, so th- those, are, those are big things, and then if, I don't know how you... Athleticism, you can't really change much from one summer to another, one year to another. But maybe if he can get us to step quicker um, and stuff like that, because he is he is a good defender in terms of he knows where to stand. You know, like it's just like how fast can he shift over and, and whatnot. 
Yes. No, I agree with all that. I'm trying to find a mock draft for 2019 that might have some indication. I remember, you know, they haven't updated this stuff since yesterday's news about yeah. the guys withdrawing and, and staying in. I saw somewhere that Jonte was like the number 10 overall pick for the 2019 yeah, I mean, draft. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I agree It's generally with you. viewed as a weaker draft than this Yes, yeah. exactly. And, I, I mean, I think that a summer with Nicodemus will definitely improve his numbers across the board. I don't know. I think the body fat number coming down will be huge. Kind of like what you said with like the uh, the shuttle times and all that stuff, you know. Like Shaquille O'Neal was a gigantic right. human being, and I bet he was really slow in that stuff, but he still went one overall. Right. So I definitely think that, as you said, the athleticism and stuff probably isn't as much of a uh, a big deal. But I definitely think that an improvement across the board in that stuff will definitely yeah. do him some favors. Right. And the three point shooting, you know, I think he shot in like the thirties from three this year. If yeah. he could get that to like around forty, right, right. I think that'd be big yeah. for him. And, you know, because he's such a triple-double threat, I feel like if he could get over 100 assists for the season, yeah. then and then you figure the rebounds and the points would take care of themselves, I think that'd be an interesting number for him just because how many guys six foot ten in college basketball right. have, like, a number like that? You know what I no, mean? No, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, the, the thing is Mizzou is going to need him to be good every night in order to win a lot of games. Um, he was pretty inconsistent as a freshman. I mean, even after he went on that hot streak at the end of his freshman season, and then he was like a no-show in the NCAA tournament. So, um, right, was it the NCAA tournament? He, was, he, he wasn't great. He was he, really good he in was the SEC Georgia, tournament, but yes. not the NCAA tournament. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, like I said, he's just like, he kind of had, he was kind of inconsistent his freshman year. Consistency is going to be huge. Willingness to go to the basket is going to be huge. Um, so, so, we'll see. Regardless, I think, Season's a lot more interesting now than it would have been otherwise. Absolutely, and and some off the court things I think that'll be interesting. You know, this will be the first time in Jonte's life essentially that Mike is nowhere around. Yeah, and maybe Mike gets reacted to Dallas or Chicago, and he's a plane yeah. right away. But or maybe that Kansas City expansion team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, maybe Jared Sutton's dreams come true. Yeah, but, that's a that's a reference to former Mizzou walk-on Jared Sutton saying an NBA executive told him uh, Kansas City would be in line for an NBA team at some point. Uh, but that obviously won't happen anytime soon. Anyway, yes. continue. continue. But, um, but it'll be completely, as you said, Jonte's team. Jonte will be the only porter in the spotlight. And I'm curious to see how that whole thing goes. You know, Jonte, you know, I think Mike definitely embraced the spotlight. Well, Jonte can kind of take it or leave it. You know, I don't think he minded talking to us and dealing with reporters. But I, I don't think I don't think it's something that he... Right. Well, yeah, it wasn't one but of he's gonna. I mean, he's gonna be the star of the team. He's gonna. Yeah, he's talk gonna be a preseason All Conference player most likely. He could contend for Conference Player of the Year, especially because of the numbers he could put up. Um, and I think you know, I was saying this in the story I wrote yesterday for the Star. If the entire Porter's left after one year, I mean, it already looks like Sierra's also going to medically retire and and everything. Um, I don't know what the taste would have been like in Mizzou fans' mouths for. This family that came back after one year and, and kind of underachieved and everything. And I think Jonte having a good year and leading Mizzou to another NCAA tournament appearance. And, you know, there's going to be no Instagram teasing with him. And, yeah. you know, he still does the cryptic tweets, which yeah. is a poor trait. Yeah. But, but I, he waited like 30 minutes after Mizzou announced that he was coming back to put anything online. Yeah, well, you know what's funny is that in his Instagram story yesterday, like after he announced it, like, he posted, like, an Instagram story of him, like, at a lake. Like, yeah, last still day in heaven. Colorado, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I thought, like, man, like, his phone's blowing up, and he's yeah, just, like, on this yeah, lake, yeah. probably with no cell service. So I, uh, I'm i kind of curious just to see if he can help, I don't you know, repair or, or further 
help this change little, this legacy of, of this, the this, of this yeah, family. This yeah, blip in Mizzou history. Yeah, yeah, and I think just even like from the you know the marketing standpoint, I mean, the the last time Missouri had two consecutive years with an NBA first round pick was 1991 and 1992. Anthony Peeler and Doug Smith, two program legends, for. Conzo Martin having his first two years an NBA pick in each year when Frank Case, who had some good teams, didn't have that. Yeah. Um, we don't even need to talk about Kim Anderson. Quinn Snyder had an Elite Eight team. Mike Anderson had an Elite Eight team. They they each had like one first round pick. Right. You know, I think that and with the NBA presence being such a big thing in recruiting now, right. I just think that's huge for Conzo. I mean, he's going to be able to sell recruits the player development job they do on Jonte this next right. year now. So. I mean, Conzo could say, if Jonte's a green, a green room invite goes top ten, you could say, this guy was like a projected late first-round pick or early second-round pick, and we made him a lottery pick. Right, like, right. So I think even just the, the off-the-court stuff, the marketing and the perception, I mean, there, because the, the range that Jonte can go in the draft is going to be so big, there's going to be a ton of scouts and executives coming through Missouri Arena next yeah. year, and that's going to benefit Jeremiah Tillman as well. I don't know if... I don't know if there's anyone else on the roster right now. That's I think Drew Smith and Mark Smith could get looks down the road, but they're obviously they're right. sitting out. Career, I don't even know if he get invited yeah. to a workout because of his size. But I mean, just the the other things that help the program. That's positive. The court. Yeah, yes. I, mean, I think you mentioned that in something you wrote yesterday too. Like when you're recruiting kids for this 2019 class, you can say, "Look what we're doing not right now. Now, what, look what we could do if you arrived." So that's yeah. I mean, that's big. Um, obviously, uh, and, and just, I mean, you know, he could take, Conzo could take him back-to-back NCAA tournaments at first two years after inheriting arguably the worst power five team in all of the country. So, yeah. yeah and the fact that he won't have a rebuilding year yet, I mean, I'm going to play best case scenario right here. So we know there won't be a rebuilding year now for the first three years. They were all in with Michael Porter this past year. Now Jonte this year. They get Drew Smith and Mark Smith eligible the following year, which will be huge. And then the next year, they'll assuming they get some 2019 guys like um, like EJ Liddell or Mario McKinney or one of those or a couple of those guys. They'll have them for the 2019-2020 season, along with KJ Santos, potentially Tillman for a junior year. Uh, both Smiths eligible, Torrance Watson. And then 2020, if they were to land Josh Christopher, who's Nicodemus' cousin, a five-star out of California, that team would have Santos, again, potentially Tillman, because we don't know about his NBA stock, both Smiths, an upperclassman, Torrance Watson, and then these 2019 guys that have a year under the belt. That is a crazy, crazy team. Yeah. And that would mean Conta would have been here like five years without a rebuilding year, just straight competitiveness. And... Whenever he would have hit a lull, because you figure it's going to happen eventually, right? Unless you're Duke or yeah. Kentucky, never ever rebuilding it. But He'll it's like, built up enough capital. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like what he inherited compared to like what where he could take the program given the situation right. is just mind boggling. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, speaking of recruiting stuff and, and all that, do you want to talk a bit about Parker Brown? Yeah. So you woke Valley. me up to a yeah. phone call this morning saying Parker Brown committed to Missouri as a walk on. Which was kind of crazy just because he's a guy that, you know, Missouri knows about him. He's very close with Jonte. They played on Mocan. And I was talking to his high school coach. He really benefited from not committing in the fall and all this FBI stuff because Arizona offered him Ole Miss. And then he picked up LSU, Illinois, 
I mean, he's one of those guys that just kind of benefited from... Openings, people needing the body. Yeah. yeah. So... What were his offers in the fall? He had... He wasn't really a Power 5 prospect. He had some places, but, like, like LSU's going to be considered a big-time SEC team last, uh, this year. Wasn't Maybe on. he had, like, a like a, the lower half of the, bo- the Power yeah, 5 conferences. Yeah. But, obviously, Arizona's a regular Pac-12 contender. Illinois is rebuilding under Brad Underwood, but you know they're they're a solid program when they're good. Um, Ole Miss has a new coach, but they have some history with Andy yeah. Kenny. But you know, just better than what he had. And Nebraska he took a visit. Nebraska is going to be yeah. a top twenty-five preseason team now. They got some guys back from the draft, so to me, it you know it was kind of hit me over the course of the day. I don't know why teams can't do this more. Don't do this more if they can. Like you had a Power Five caliber recruit. And he's you walk him on, the, on for a year. He's not on the books this year. This yeah. Scholarship. yeah. You walk him on for one year. I still think we can talk about rotation minutes in a second, but you get you get him for free for one year, and then you again. We don't know if he's going to redshirt or what, yeah. but but it would, you'd presume he would. They probably have enough front court depth. You probably don't need him. Yeah. Next next year. Yeah. So you get him for a year for free, and then you get four years of him on the books. I mean. I, you know, you think about teams that just can't take guys because they run out of room or it's just they, they have too many bodies in one position right now, but this guy's a power five right. player that can go to school for free. You know, you kind of wonder about finances. And, and you know, to give right. you an example, like Shaquille O'Neal's son Sharif is committed to UCLA. If he wants to go to a school that was full, I mean, he can clearly afford a year of tuition. Right. And... That, and again, he'll be a, a player in the rotation or whatever. You know, some some people say we well, don't do that to a player that caliber. It's like if it's for the betterment of the team and the kids on board. I mean, right, who right. cares? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm trying to think, wasn't there another high caliber walk on somewhere recently? Was McDermott wasn't a walk on, was he at Creighton? I don't Where's that? think so. I don't think so. But no, I mean, I totally agree. It's a it's a pretty like deft move if you can pull it off. As long as I mean, as long as you can find a prospect who doesn't care about the. You're correct, John. Yeah, Doug McDermott was yeah. a walk-on for his final season. See, that's right? what I thought. Yeah, because I mean, why, he can afford it. His dad is making millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no. I mean, it's a it's a good move. Um, I mean, who knows how much Parker Brown ultimately plays in Mizzou? But it's some front court depth, and like you're getting a talented kid in the building without having to use a scholarship for a year, and then... And you look you know, at the like, optics of it. I mean, Conzo Martin's class, now you have Torrance Watson and Javon Pickett from right across the river. Right. And then you have Parker Braun. I mean, you get guys from both sides of the state in your first recruiting class, and, and Kim Anderson struggled to get these guys. The one thing I wonder about is Braun's younger brother, Christian, is a player for the Mocan right now. He's good... But um, but how good is he? And and is he a guy that you know? I kind of wonder about Steve Alford and Coach K. You know, they took one brother of the Plumleys and the Balls mm-hmm. to um to UCLA to UCLA and Duke. And obviously, LiAngelo Ball wasn't going to be yeah, anything like his brother. Work. And what was the last Plumley? Uh, oh, uh, Marshall. Marshall. He was supposed to be the best one too. And, He's like they all say the last one's the best yeah. one. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so I kind of wonder now, like, is Conzo was part of this whole thing, and I, I'm supposed to get Parker Braun after this podcast is recorded, but, you know, is, is the brother now going to commit to Mizzou, and there's Mizzou's point guard for the 2019 class, and there's no Rocket Watts or Mario McKinney, and I don't think they do that, and those guys can play off the ball anyway, but I just kind of wonder now, like, 
So is Mizzou on the hook for the younger brother now, too? Or is there an understanding, like, if we can take him, we will, but... Yeah. But, yeah. I guess so, we'll see. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about uh, regarding basketball? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, as you said, it's going to be interesting to see what Connor says this week about this whole Braun deal. Um, Cameron Fletcher visited yesterday from Bashan, speaking of Mario McKinney. That's his teammate for 2019. Um, I, I would have been interested to be on that visit yesterday because just think about it. Like, you're on campus when they get the biggest news of the year. Yeah. And, like, how does your sales pitch change? What was said at the beginning of the visit that might have changed now? And I assume that they knew that where that where what yeah. the decision was going to be, but like if you're with Conzo and you sh- and you see the fan reaction yeah, on Twitter yeah. and all that stuff, like that has to be a pretty cool thing to be at. Yeah, no, for sure. And football has a couple official visitors this week. Yeah, so. uh, Kyron Williams and Jack Buford both out of St. Louis. Yeah. Kyron Williams is an athlete; he can kind of play. You know, could be a wide out of DB. I don't really know where he'd go in college. And then Buford's this big oh, offensive lineman. lineman. Right. I don't know what you do in an official visit this time either. I know guys right. are back on campus for workouts, but... Right. Not like there's a bunch going on or... or yeah, anything. what did Barry Odom say about yeah. it? I hope there's a good movie. Solo's right. out in theaters. Yeah, yeah. I saw Deadpool last night, so... Yeah, Odom is not a fan of being able to host official visits right now, but, I mean, you have to do it, and they also only have two commitments for 2019, so they got to really get working. Yeah, and the thing with the Tiger 10 last year was that they were trying to get an in-state kid to jump on board early... And that didn't happen, and then they went one for ten. If you can get a guy or two over the summer, right. you go in the season with momentum, and then who knows what happens. So that'd be pretty big. Um, I could see both sides of, of visiting this early. You know, if you play for like a, a – especially, you know, we're both from areas that are big in high school football. If you play like on a state powerhouse and you're going to like expect it to be playing like deep – like what's the Texas State Finals like in December or something yeah. like that? Like – I could see wanting to take a visit this time of year. I mean, if you know right, every Friday... Clears up your clears up your, your life a little bit. I wouldn't yeah. take all of them right now in case someone gets fired, but or you get better late offers. But no, I mean, I think take one of them now or two of them now makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, let's uh, let's wrap this up. We are uh, we're now done with the Mizzou athletics year, basically. Uh, our first year doing this together. What was your... Uh, what's like one moment stands out to you? Biggest moment of the year for you? Um, biggest day in summary of this job was probably the Friday where Aaron Oliwan got fired on our way to St. Louis to talk to EJ Liddell. We met Javon Pickett at Panera and talked about Grey's Anatomy. Went over to hang out with EJ. At EJ's game when the Terrence Phillips stuff starts. Get back to the hotel, Larry late. Drive to Starkville the next day, which was through the middle of nowhere. Well, we should say we flew to Birmingham. We flew to Birmingham to drive to Starkville. Uh, and... Oh, and then, and then the Terrence Phillips uh, thing reveal happened. that it was Title IX on the way in the Dallas airport. Yeah, that was, a, that was a terrible, terrible weekend. Um, that was a bad weekend. I was going to say Michael Porter Jr.'s uh, game against Georgia just because, like, I never thought he was going to play for Mizzou, and, and to see him in uniform after all this, like, ongoing drama was, was pretty crazy. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a wild uh, time to this this year, I mean, even football, which maybe you could argue wasn't super compelling at times. They won, you know, all those games in a row at the end, made a bowl game, which seemed impossible. So, yeah, a lot happened this year. And, and I think you mentioned it with you have, you have Drew Locke, in-state guy, leading football. You got Jonte, in-state hometown kid, leading bas- men's basketball. You got Sophie Cunningham, leading women's basketball, another in-state kid, hometown kid. So, I mean, I think there's going to be plenty more to um, 
to cover next year, and we'll uh, we'll keep keep the train rolling during summer. I was gonna say, you know, when you were asking about like the whole year in review, my whole like take on the year is that like this was it was a good year for Mizzou athletics, but it still wasn't what it should have been. You know, basketball obviously, who knows what they could have done if Mike was healthy the whole year, and then even football, you know, they lost to Purdue. They lost some of these games that they just shouldn't have. And, yeah, they made a bowl game, and it was good. But even the Texas Bowl, Texas is missing some of its best players, and they still right. find a way to lose. So, and, again, Mizzou's not going to win every bowl game it gets to. But to me, it was just like, in some it was a good year for Mizzou. But, it, you know, you can't help but wonder what could have been a little bit. You know, what if Mizzou doesn't have this awful start right. to the football season? What if Michael Porter played all season? What if Michael Porter played all season? What if the women beat Florida Gulf Coast in the and, first round of the NCAA yeah, and then tournament? Yeah, a more traditional sort of matchup. Yeah, if yeah. baseball won one or two more series, if Aaron Early won, was there yeah. for the entire season. And I don't think, I don't, especially the last two diamond sports, I don't think baseball was a college World Series team, and I don't think softball was going to be in Oklahoma City right now. But it's just a lot of, intent. you know, what could have been for this whole year. And, and next year is going to be interesting because you get your last year of Drew Locke, you get your last year of Sophie Cunningham, presumably your last year of Jonte, you know, yeah. How much does they do they make out of all this? Right, absolutely. Well, we will be there uh, for all of it, and well, now I'll use this time to obligatory plug uh, the Mizzou Zone app, uh, which you can get on an App Store for iTunes um, to get all the stars Mizzou uh, content in uh, one place, and you can also like the uh, Facebook page, also called Mizzou Zone, um, where you just get it in your Facebook feed. And uh, Shift likes to go on there and talk about recruiting on Facebook Live sometimes. Do Facebook Live after a game so you can watch the press conference if you're into that. So there's a lot on there for uh, for you, so please go ahead and uh, and like that. And thanks for listening to this. What are you going to do the rest of the day? Are you going to go see Solo? Uh, you know, I didn't want to do back-to-back movie nights because I feel like that's pretty – it's not a great look for me socially. It's summertime. You're good. Yeah, so I got some other stuff to get done, and uh, I'll probably see Solo over the weekend. You know, it's the finals tonight, so I don't want to – what's your NBA finals prediction? Uh, Warriors and five. I'm going to say Warriors and six just because I don't want it to be a blowout again. And I don't mind the two teams playing each other, but it's just like I'm getting a little tired of it. I'm not going to lie. I will be. All right, well, thanks, everybody.